0: beautiful people and welcome back on Home in the Teacup, the podcast on which we're trying to understand the feeling of home through conversations around the topics of cultural identity, nationality, languages and travel. In today's episode, Emily talks to us about how to find your place in a large family and how it affects her feeling of home. She also shares with us her experience as an exchange student in Japan when she was only in high school. Now you know the song, before starting I'd like to say that not those speakers are native English speakers, so mistakes can and will probably be made. I would also like to thank all of you for listening to this podcast, whether once in a while or every week with every episode. The feedback I had on it is so positive and insane, and I am so grateful for every single one of you, even if you just listened to 10 minutes of it. I'm very glad you did. Thank you so much. (laughs) Now, do not forget to subscribe if you like this episode and wish to hear more fascinating conversations like this one. And you can also follow Home in a Teacup on Instagram if you want to be updated with the coming episodes. Now, I hope you enjoy. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Welcome and home in a teacup. Thank
1: you, I'm so honoured to be here.
0: (laughs) I love it because now everyone says that every time I interview them, they're always like, oh, thank you, I'm so grateful
1: to (laughs) be here. But it is true, you know, it's kind of nice, you know, to have this conversation in English and just to be in this podcast.
0: I love that. Well, thank you very much for the (laughs) honour. Could you please tell us everything we need to know about you?
1: Anything you want to say, just say it. Okay, so my name is Amelie. I'm 21, soon to be 22. Mm -hmm. I'm studying English at university, at uh, South Brittany University. Mm -hmm. And um, what can I say? I have a big family. I have six siblings. And um, I've traveled alone. And I've traveled with my big family in multiple countries, multiple times. So, yeah
0: okay what the first thing I'd like to talk to you about is could you please tell us what it feels like to grow up in a very big family how many are you (laughs) um
1: very loud obviously (laughs) um but I've never I've never you know seen them as a big family I've never seen us as a big family you know you when you grow up in you know surrounded with many siblings you don't realize how big you are and even when you go to um, parks or restaurants you don't realize how big you you are all of you and um yeah it it was loud just to, <laughs> yeah and especially since you know there's not much there's not much you know um age uh gap between the you, the youngest and the oldest mm. like uh, there's a 15 years gap okay. between the youngest and oldest um so we were really we were really you know (laughs) we were all very sorry technical (laughs) problem (laughs) we were all very young at the same time and um, but recently I found an old camera and I've watched you know old videos of us and it's, you know, you don't realize how loud it is when you're young. But when you watch it again, you're like, oh, my parents did. Because it's so loud all the time. You have like three kids yelling, mommy, mommy, mommy. And the other two like fighting for some toys. And it's just chaos. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was something. But oh, how many are you? Uh, we're seven kids. Seven. We're not not kids anymore, but we're seven.
0: Uh, not anymore, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: okay well
0: did it change the way you see like how can I say that do you think that the person that you are today is mainly due to the fact that you were raised in a big family like that
1: obviously I think I think the way I the way I take care of children for example I often take care of my niece and nephew and um, I think the way I took care of my you know, younger siblings is influenced has influenced the way I, I take care of my nephew and niece. But I think yeah, it did in a way that um, I I'm used to have to have a lot of people around and you know, even in my personal bubble there's mm-hmm. never there's not there's no such a, that's thing as a as a personal bubble when you live in a big family. So I'm kind of used to people being in my personal space and just not caring, you know? A lot. Um, but I think it has influenced me in a way that I know I don't want a lot of children. <laughs> I was going to ask you the question. <laughs> no. Uh, and I think it's the same for all of my siblings. No one no no one wants a lot of children. Really? No, because When you have experienced that, it's either you want a lot of children or you want basically no children. (laughs) Not a lot, at least, you know, because you're... Don't you want any children at all? I do, but no more than two, maybe three. (laughs) But not a big family like that, you know. Mm. Um, Because I think that, first of all, you know, in kind of a material, like economical point of view it's um it's expensive you very know?
0: expensive
1: yeah and when you go from like three to four children you change the car you know it's not the normal car anymore it's the minivan or the big car and you have to you know it's a lot of expenses and i think that's influenced me to how i am today the the kind of making sure i have money and you know the way i i control my expenses because i've been used to you know sharing also because we used to like fight a lot for food my mom my mom had to count the number of potatoes or nuggets to the very like everyone had to have the same number of potatoes and nuggets or otherwise it was like pure chaos and we still do like we still do sometimes today even though you're adults (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) the youngest one they count their nuggets and potatoes Mm. and they are like oh no you have two potatoes more give me one (laughs) yeah they kind of yeah sharing a lot of sharing and a lot of you know saving money and
0: (laughs) yes you have to think about everything when you have a big family yeah yeah do
1: you miss not having a personal space Well, now I do, because now, you know, we're, almost all of them are not in the house anymore. They're gone to their own lives. Mm. But yeah, when I was younger, it was kind of hard to have like a moment when you're alone in your room and you can play, you know, alone with your toys and such, and you had to, you know, you yeah, had to be with others and you had to play with the, younger, the youngest and, you know, you had to take care of the youngest. And, you know, mm. sometimes you like, a, I want a personal moment alone. I need this time. And sometimes you we wouldn't have it. Like, but I think I'm not the only one who didn't have it. Like, everyone didn't have it. Like, Did you have to share your bedroom with someone else? I did a few times and... Um, when i was really really young it was with my older sister the one who's just above me we had like um we shared a room and um yeah a few times we had to share our rooms um her and me you know the mm-hmm. both of us and um yeah it was it was fun because we had a lot of you know in a way you always had a playmate you know you never that's one cool thing you never learn to play and um yeah but it's it's, you don't have that personal space but in a way it's cool but it also has its advantages and disadvantages you know pros and cons yeah yeah pros and cons but i think it was you know i remember there was one home we had like we had uh you know those bunk beds Yes, and I was um on the lower mm-hmm. bunk bed and she was on top and um in that room, it was really a big big room, and there was also the computer and the the just everything it was like a big room, so it was kind of an office and a play room and also our room so there was always mm. at least like three or four people at the same time in the room so it wasn't
0: your bedroom it was basically a kind of everything at the same time everything at the same time it was
1: our room but because we we had the biggest room i think because i mean for me it seemed like the big room because everyone had the they were all alone otherwise um, well, my younger sister and uh, my younger brother, they also were in the room, but they were kind of babies, so it didn't matter. they had a small room, but otherwise, yeah, it was our room that was the biggest, so we had the computer, we had the books we had yeah, it was really a big room, so yeah i I remember it being like always some people inside, never just you alone in the room,. Mm. <laughs> So that was funny
0: I know that you still live with your parents and does it feel weird after spending so much time with everyone every time someone in your family would leave to mm. build their own home does it feel weird for you to be the one staying behind in your family's house
1: it does in a way um because my for example I'm still in my home with my little sister um, but it felt weird when my younger brother my little brother uh left for oh, studies he left? yeah he did so just me and my little sister so he left uh for school in Nantes and yeah that was weird because you know all of the others they were they when when they left they were older um the 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 oldest left when she was 15 but she went for the army, um, and then him, my little brother, left when he was, well, 16, so it was really, really young, and when, you know, when you're 21, and you're still at home, and he leaves, and he's just 16, it's like, oh, it's so unfair, (laughs) but, yeah, it feels, it felt weird for, it felt weird for him to leave, but my older my older brother and sister it never felt weird because they left quite late mm. because uh, most of the most of us we did studies in the same city that we were staying in so that helped because they left late mm. yeah
0: but is it still weird to be alone in a house which used to be so loud and now there isn't that much noise anymore
1: well um when I sometimes my parents, you know, leave for the weekend or for the week, and I'm really like all alone in the room in the house, and uh, I cannot stay at night like in the in front of the TV. It's too quiet for me, so I just, you know, at like eight, I close everything and I go back to my room because I'm too scared because there's absolutely no noise, mm. and um, yeah, sometimes it feels weird because you know it's a big house, obviously there's uh, more bedrooms than there is uh, people <laughs> and um, yeah sometimes it feels weird to you know to be it's so quiet sometime and it feels weird to be in this big house and just be not a so lot of us and there's like so much space that is unused um, but there's one good thing about her, the house, which is that there's a separation between the part where we as the one who live every day live, like mm-hmm. for me and my parents and my little sister. And then there's a space for all of my brothers and sisters that only comes like for holidays or weekend and they have the kind of separate parts that we don't see so it feels less quiet or big mm-hmm.
0: than it and empty.
1: Yeah, that it does, actually, because it feels empty sometimes, you know, Mm. especially when after they leave, uh, for example, when they come on holidays and, uh, you know, they all leave at the same times. And, you know, it's it goes from being 15 in a room, 16 even (laughs) now uh, to being like just the four of us with my parents and my little sister and that yeah it takes a day it takes a day to you know get reused used to being in a big house with a small Mm, number of people
0: I get that do you are you scared maybe of having to live on your own someday or even next year because I know that you're leaving next year
1: yeah maybe I am I hope I am you hope you're scared no I hope I am Leaving. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it does scare me sometimes i've never you know lived i've never lived alone like in my own apartment so it does scare me sometimes to you know doing my own things and you know living all alone with no one with with me you know Mm. and yeah sometimes it does scare me because i'm like am i prepared am i going to do the right thing am i going to miss home Am I going to have to call my mother every day to tell her I'm, I want to come home? Oh. I'm so scared. I'm all alone. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's an it's an ex- exciting part of life, you know, living yeah. home. Um, I think my parents are more scared than I am. Really? Yeah, because, you know, it's one more children going oh. away. Yes. And they're going to end up, you know. Being room. yeah, being the two of them in a big house, mm-hmm. and I think that they're kind of scared, not scared, but they. It's gonna be hard for them to be yeah. just
0: the two of them. It's a transition they have to go through. Yeah, and how about your little sister? How does she feel about that? Because she's going to be the only one left behind.
1: she she well, <laughs> funny thing, I think she's ready because it's not fine. It's it's gonna be for only a year because after I'm going to come back and she's going to leave and then I'm going to be the one that's left behind. But uh, yeah, I, I think she's um, she's okay because when, when we were younger, she made like a little paper that she signed and it said like, I'm going to stay at home for my entire life. I'm never going to leave home. And she signed and we still have the little paper Aww. of her saying that she's going to stay forever. <laughs> But I think yeah, she's she's ready for me to go, as <laughs> she likes she likes being alone. I think she's very different than me. She likes being alone in a little space where mm-hmm. where was I like I like <clears throat> sorry <Yeah. laughs> I like to be around my family. I like when we're all sixteen of us. Yeah, it feels more natural, and I like the noise. I like people talking on top of each other uh, like you know the fighting uh, like the to joking around I uh, like the teasing uh, like everything about being all of us together especially mm. since it's so rare these days because they obviously all live like my oldest sister lives in italy my oldest brother lives in germany and then the others live kind of all around France so it's really rare for us to, go, to be all together and I really cherish those moments when mm-hmm. we you know we're all together nothing really big happens but it's just like the old times when just we're... being together just yeah. matters yeah that's what matters and um, well this weekend we're all together and uh, we won't be until maybe Christmas Maybe. Oh, that's a long time. Maybe, that's not even sure. But we, these days, we only see each other for, you know, baptisms and weddings when all of us can come home. But we try to see one another as much as we can. But yeah, this weekend was really nice to see all of us together. Because being at home, I when they come for the weekend or for the holidays, they, I see them, but they don't necessarily see one another. So I'm lucky in that way that I get to see them, but they don't necessarily see one another. Yeah, so
0: basically your parents' house is the place where everyone meets. Yeah. And you're always at your parents' house, so yeah. you can see all of them. Yeah. But they can't always see one another yeah, if they don't come at the same time.
1: Yeah, the, so that's kind of privileged of me. Mm. But and I, one good thing as well is that they visit one another. Like I know that, for example, my brother goes to my sister's house or the contrary, or, you know, they, they visit one another. So I think that's great because they, if they don't come home, they don't necessarily see one another so mm. I think that's a great opportunity when they come
0: home oh, that's good <laughs> that's funny because when you told me about the fact that when it's very noisy and all of a sudden everything is silent and you're alone mm. at your home it reminded me of when I was little I remember I was so scared that my parents would go away <laughs> and Every time I was alone in the apartment, I would just turn on the TV just to have a background noise Mm -hmm. because I was so scared of the silence. It scared me so much. I feel like when you're used to having a lot of noise around you, when Mm. you're used to having a loud environment, Mm. you feel the need to always have noise around you.
1: It's you can't live in silence. Well, not for a long time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I got
0: used to it and now I love silence. <laughs> but it took me a while to yeah. just get used to it.
1: Well I, I, well, I find silence so loud in a way. You know, like silence, yes. silence is really loud. And there's like no escapism from silence. Um mm. And if you want to get away from silence, you just have to turn the TV or watch a video. And sometimes, yeah. Silence is scary
0: sometimes. Sometimes silence is very heavy, mm. and you can feel as if you were underwater, yeah, very far away underwater, yeah. and you have the pressure, yeah, on you, and yeah. you just feel like you just feel as if you were going to drown or, yeah. it, or something like that. Sometimes
1: it's like that. So, you know, I just turn on the TV and not necessarily watch it, especially when I'm all alone. I turn on the TV, I, you know, I do my own stuff, I don't know, I work or. I mm-hmm. do stuff on my phone but I can't be in complete silence over I don't know an hour 20 minutes after that it's way too silent
0: especially because I know that we're both overthinkers. Yeah. so when you overthink a lot it's hard to be in silence you mm-hmm. have to face it at some points, but just being alone in the silence is very yeah because you're learning
1: yeah you're alone with your thoughts and you're like What if? What if? Exactly. (laughs) The
0: thing is, the more you try to escape it, the worse it gets. Yeah, that's (laughs) the tricky
1: part. (laughs) (laughs) Or you just act, but you don't necessarily have the opportunity to act at the at the moment when you overthink.
0: Yeah, that's why. All right, so I told, um, you told me, sorry, yeah. you told us, technically <laughs> because people are listening to this podcast, I hope. <laughs> you better. <laughs> you told us that you traveled on your own and you yeah. traveled with your family.
1: Yeah.
0: How different is it
1: to travel with your family compared to traveling alone? Um, Well, it's going to sound very simple, but mm. you're not on your own. When I I traveled alone, I traveled to Japan for almost a month
0: alone, like just alone, to...
1: just me. Really? Yeah, I oh, was an exchange crazy. student, and for just one month. Yeah, just one month. A little bit then one month, but yeah. So it was with the, like a program with my school, and um, usually wouldn't be like all like all alone. We would have like another French person with us, like another exchange student with us but I was the one (laughs) who was alone (laughs) in my school so I was like alone alone really yeah so um it's kind of you know scary it was scary sometimes because Japanese people don't speak French um they don't Mm. speak English as well like they speak very basic you know McDonald's you know, very
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> <Starbucks>. <laughs> very simple English sentences. Mm. They know the basic, but like they are limited to the basics. Um, so it was hard for me to be understood, and sometimes you, I just wanted to kind of give up and like listen to me. I want to speak, but I can't because I I spoke not. Not, uh, I don't really speak any longer, but I spoke Japanese, but still it wasn't enough to be understood and to understand. Especially because it's a very complicated language. Yes. Um, well, the, the spoken language is easy in a way that it always it's always the same expressions that I used. But to read and when they, they have a real conversation between um, one another, it's really hard to keep up with them. And um, with the culture, which is very different than ours, i did not you know I had a complete culture shock because I did not expect to be fun. I did not expect it to be so different than ours. How old were you? Um. Well, I was uh, seventeen. Oh, so you were quite young. Yeah, I was. Yeah, seventeen. Yeah, and um, it was you know the culture shock was definitely there. And I was so young, and um sometimes yeah I, I just wanted to be with my families. I wanted to be with my family, but there you know I wanted to be in Japan with them mm. whereas you know when 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 I traveled with the when I travel usually with my whole family, I'm never alone. you know it's like the real tourist experience you know vi- you visit the city, you visit the museums, you visit you know this kind of stuff but you're never alone and you get to speak your native language. And I think that's one pro for traveling with the family. And um, also, like I said, it's an opportunity for us to be all together when we don't necessarily have the opportunity otherwise. And uh, yeah, we it's not necessarily like travel. We We've traveled in like... We've traveled to cities where we visit the cities, we visit the museum, you know, the real tour exp- experience, but we also traveled to just countries like Italy and just, you know, we laid there, just enjoyed the Italian summer and we enjoyed each other's company. So mm. I think that's one good thing. It's a very different experience. There's just not one experience which is better than the other it's very different and you have to enjoy the both of them and you have to be able be able to just enjoy the two of them without having any regrets. Because obviously when you're in your family, you want to be alone as well on a travel and when you're alone, you want to be with them, you know, on a trip. You <laughs> always want something that you don't have. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I wanted to be like, alone but like for a few hours and then go back with them in uh, japan i wanted to be with them for a few hours and then go back to being alone <laughs> you wanted both <laughs> yeah i wanted both but yeah
0: isn't it complicated when you travel with a lot of people in, te- in terms of organization it is logistic yeah it is um
1: well for if, for some of them, like when we went to Italy, we went to Italy a couple of times to see my sister. And um, my parents enjoy a lot. of They enjoy Italy. So we went there a few times. And we always go by car. So it's easier in terms of logistics, you know.
0: But it's a very long way from where yeah, we are. Yeah,
1: so we would live um, leave home at like 10 in the evening and then spend the night in the car mm. and then arrive the day after in Italy but it was easier in terms of logistics you know you it we have a like big big car you know like the traffic yes and we know you put all the things in the back and it just have enough space for everyone because it's a nine place Mm. car what when now we have an eight place car but we used to have a nine place car and so it was easier and um we also did this like road trip when uh, where the goal was to go from home when we live in Nantes uh, to go from Nantes to Sweden by car <laughs> that's an even longer way <laughs> yeah um it took us like I think it was almost in almost uh, three weeks trip and uh yeah we went through Belgium uh, Germany Denmark the Netherlands to end up in Sweden. And we would just spend days and days. Like all day in the car. Driving to one place to another. So that was. <laughs>
0: I was hectic.
1: Yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. But we had yeah. It was okay. Because we were. Um, all nine of us. And. Um, we fought obviously. We had our moments. Um, but. It was really nice to go out of home in France together because when we were younger, my my parents did when we were really younger. My parents did took us didn't took us out of France because you know it's too hard to too hard to take nine like seven children, mm. underage children, out of France. It's too complicated. But when we uh, for this road trip, we were a lot older i was 14 i think 15 and you're the third to last child is that right yeah
0: oh okay out of seven
1: yes i'm the fifth (laughs) exactly (laughs) um yeah in it was it was complicated um sometimes you know like personal space you had no absolutely in the car yes yeah absolutely no personal space and even in the rooms like the hotel they they you know the hotel and stuff like that we were all together in one room oh. <laughs> so yeah sometimes it was, it was hard but it was really an enjoyable experience i think it was one of the best experience one of the best trip i had yes and um yeah with the organization because we were in the car it wasn't really hard and my my mom prepared like this little book where she wrote exactly what we were gonna gonna going to see the exact travel that we would do, like you know with the map and such, so it was really like really really well organized and um yeah, it was my parents are really organized you have like,
0: to be i feel it like, yes, <laughs> like you. Being parents of a large family is so underrated. the amount of organization you need, the (laughs) amount of patience you need. It's just, you could just build your own company and deal with every single feud that there would be in the company because Mm. you have had nine children. Seven. (laughs) Seven children. Seven children. That's so underrated. People don't talk about this enough. We should write this in our curriculum. We really should. (laughs) Parents of a large family.
1: <laughs> Pro organizer. <laughs> I can solve every problem, <laughs> any conflict,
0: any feud. Yeah, any I can separate children when
1: they're fighting. I can give the exact same number of nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah. My 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 mom especially is very organized. Mm. My, well, my my dad. Worked a lot because my mom took care of basically like she worked. But sometimes she would like stop working to take care of children to take care of us. And so my dad worked a lot. And so my mom has a real, real gift for organization. Like for everything. She's so organized. And um, yeah, I think you have to be as a as a parent in general, Mm -hmm. but especially as a parent in a big family. Because when you have like seven kids running around, you have to like, you take a bath, you stop playing, you you do something, you stop doing that. You know, you have to be like everywhere all at once and you have to be super well organized. And, um, and also I think one good thing is that, you know, the oldest got to take care of us as well, you know my two older sister like number one and number two they took care of us a lot when we were younger um, change of diapers and such Mm. and i think it helped a lot my my mom because you know sometimes you you can't do everything at the same time obviously (laughs) and uh because my dad walked a lot um, so my older sister kind of took the place I was
0: I was talking about this with my mom the other day I feel like when children raised in large families are used to having to compromise things are used to having to help and Mm. I think that's a great asset to have in our everyday life because you know how to live in society yeah like with other people because you're used to having to do your job so that yeah. the family works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you 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 used to you know as you say compromise and put family in for, first and then all the stuff after. Um, yeah, taking you know the family always come first, and so you we are used to prioritizing things over others and i think that's one great thing in like in society or work you know what to do when you're i think it it teaches a lot about organization and what thing to do first and then the other one what thing is urgent and what thing is not necessarily really urgent like Mm. the the dirty diaper is is urgent Mm. and then the games are not as urgent so yeah yeah. well on another
0: note i would like to talk more about your experience in japan because i didn't (laughs) know that you
1: and i'm changing conversation and topic very easily
0: no i didn't know i know that you went to japan but not that you stayed there for a whole month yeah i did
1: it was really great but you know i i feel like i talk about it a lot especially when i'm with uh, not me (laughs) (laughs) well especially when i'm when i'm with uh, Malu yes a common friend when because she also went to japan but i went to tokyo and she went to osaka and she was not alone (laughs) oh tell us
0: everything about this how was it being in such a different country for a whole month when you were only 17
1: um very difficult yes um well the the first moments were amazing even when I got the call, when my teacher told me, "You're going to Japan, I, I cried but like no. so much because I was a kind of a you know it's one of a one of a lifetime dream. you know, it was always my dream to go there. And uh, so when I got to go there, I was so excited, so happy. and I think I had like the equivalent of the Paris syndrome going there.
0: What oh, does that mean?
1: Well, the Paris syndrome is when Japanese people come to France, and you know they have the image of the perfect ratatouille Paris, like. I mean,
0: it's in pa- I mean, in Ex- Paris now,
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> this kind of image. And when they come to France, they have like the dirty Paris, the mean Parisians. Back to reality, yeah. And so they have what they what we call the Paris syndrome. And I had kind of the same, Tokyo not not syndrome. as much, but I had kind of a Tokyo syndrome. Because mm-hmm. you realize that every big city is the same, mm-hmm. and uh, but there is, I think there is a big difference between Paris and Tokyo. I think <laughs> Japanese people are nicer than Parisian people. Is
0: <laughs> I heard? I'm I'm not sure about this, but I heard that they tend to not always be friendly yeah, towards foreign people.
1: Yeah, they are. They are really. It's not that they're not. they are really polite and they take like real distance with you like not necessarily physically but you know they take a distance they are very polite and you never get to know a Japanese people person in you know who they are really They're they are really like you know we say people are like onions they have layers Well, Japanese have so many layers you never get to actually know them it's really difficult to, because you think you made a friend and then you realize you're not that close and there's just one layer of them and, you know, you, they don't really care about you and such, such things. Um, but uh, I was really lucky and I think uh, each one of us that went to Japan with that exchange program were lucky because because we went to school every day and we lived like, basic Japanese people we wore the uniform to go to school we didn't have that like we didn't have that um foreigner aspect to them we were considered as uh what they call hafu which is mixed people and Mm. so they are considered way better than foreigners for example on the train Japanese don't sit next to a foreigner they leave a place between the foreigner and them. They do. That's awful. (laughs) Yeah, because they are foreigner. That's kind of the gaijin, which means foreigner gaijin treatment. And uh, that's just how they are because they are very polite, but they're also very kind of not this truly. is discrimination. <laughs> I'm sorry,
0: you can't do that. This is awful. Yeah, can and, you imagine? Like you're a foreigner in another
1: country, and people don't want to sit next to you. Yeah, and they 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 kind of look at you. Not really nicely, and I'm lucky, and I think every other student that went there were lucky because we weren't considered like that, so
0: because you wore the uniform,
1: yeah, and because I spoke Japanese, and you know i I lived like a regular Japanese, so people thought maybe that I was you know a mixed person, I was just blonde <laughs> blonde half like mixed mixed girl, wow. and so yeah, but I did get um. bit of you know a different treatment than regular Japanese and sometimes it hurts because for example for sports for sports class my my exchange uh, sister I don't know what to call her um, she had no second uniform for me for sport because they also had a uniform especially for sports and um, and I didn't and so I took just my regular sports clothes from the from high school. But, you know, in high school, you wear, like, T-shirt and then leggings, like, very close to the body. And they have, like, big shorts, like, very large, baggy shorts and very baggy T-shirt. And I didn't have that. And I'm someone... Um, but I'm not, I'm not skinny, I'm very curvy, so <laughs> they look at me not really in a, like not in a nice way. Especially because I think
0: they're more obsessed about appearances than we are. Yeah, here. They
1: are really, really obsessed with appearance. And yeah. so yeah, they look at me like not in a nice way. Oh. I caught some of them, and, you know, talking about me and, like, looking at me and not in a nice way. And I was like, oh, no, I never want to go back to sports class. And I never did. <laughs> oh,
0: no, Especially when you're 17 and you're... Yeah. I imagine that in high school, we're usually are quite insecure about the way we yeah. do. So it's just,
1: <laughs> oh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That was... Yeah, but they care a lot. It's weird that they look... I think it was the way I dressed, that they yeah. weren't pleased about... Because my physical appearance, believe it or not, I was—and I'm not even joking—I was considered a really beautiful person there. Like, why wouldn't you not believe it? <laughs> no, but I mean, you are a beautiful <laughs> person here as well. No, 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 but you mean in France, I'm like a basic. You no, know, you're not. You're person. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honest. I think you thank you but you know I'm like an average looking girl you know I have a straight nose and big eyes and in Japan they have like really well you know they have Asian features so like small eyes and really small noses and when um, I remember it was like maybe two weeks in like someone told me they told me like you have such a pretty nose, I wished I had your nose and your eyes and your hair, and they were all, i I never realized that's when I realized that they consider me like really beautiful in their mm. point of view in their culture a really beautiful person, and that was kind of weird, you know, because I was like, "But your eyes always beautiful, and you nose, I wish I had your nose you know um and so that was really weird as well.
0: I understand that because um. The when I went to Scotland and whenever I go back there, people are like, Oh, your body is beautiful, it's amazing mm. and I've never experienced that before because in yeah. France I'm not consider I mean, some people are going to tell me that my body is beautiful, but usually mm. um skinny people are more accepted sometimes in France. So yeah. whenever I go to Scotland and people are like, oh your body is amazing. <laughs> it's so
1: weird for me because I've never been used to that. Yeah. And especially, you know, it's you don't realize. it I think it's that in that physical appearance kind of thing that you realize how two cultures are really different. Even in Europe, even in European countries, you there are so many physical appearances like the perfect physical appearances like so different. Even between like two countries that are just next to one another, it's like so different. Mm. And yeah. In Japan, it was a really, really shock. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since I was, I, I was, I, it was the first year that they were welcoming a, a European girl. So I was the first ever French person to go there. And it was Ooh. for some of them, it was the first time. Well, not the first time because you know there's a lot of tourists in Tokyo, but it was the first time they actually spoke to a non-Asian person, and so they were kind of all around me all the time it was kind of their main attraction no. <laughs> you know like sometimes like there were boys coming in the class between two classes and just yelling Je t'aime, and then leaving out of nowhere <laughs> it was like oh okay good day to you too <laughs> <laughs> is this a declaration <laughs> Yeah, so that because it was all that they knew what to say like je t'aime. Everyone knows how to say je t'aime.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's the one thing everyone tells you when you're abroad. Yeah, yeah,
1: and so that was what they. Yeah, every every time a Japanese people tried to talk to me, they were like bonjour, je t'aime, au revoir. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay, (laughs) bye. (laughs) I think every everything about that really makes you question the way society perceives us mm. like what we are raised to believe mm. and what really a good yeah. body i'm just saying the, the i can't remember the word the, the, is the, how is it how is it called uh, oh. yeah, I don't the marks i'm saying that you know with a little
1: give guillemets and pressure i don't remember the word <laughs> in parenthesis not parenthesis but you know and the, the <laughs> little things the
0: reverse things well you, you get what i mean i'm not <laughs> <laughs> the two little hooks you put accents? around the,
1: I don't know, what you, you put it? around the
0: words to <laughs> <laughs> understand that it's not what you want to say
1: it's very physical <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly well i'm sorry english-speaking people if you don't get what i mean that's all right <laughs> Well, so I was saying it kind of makes you question what a good body is and yeah. what what the views we have on our body and mm. on our appearance yeah. changes so much depending on the country mm. that you're in sometimes you feel like you you don't feel beautiful in one country and then mm. you're going in another country and everyone's like oh my goodness you're gorgeous mm. and that's crazy because yeah.
1: we're all humans in the end yeah yeah and especially when you you know when you're unconscious like not unconscious like self-conscious like i am about my body when even then i was really self-conscious and uh, when i went to japan and i received like such words I was really, like, happy for once in my body. I felt really, really great, you know.
0: You felt comfortable.
1: Yeah, because, you know, I, I was beautiful in their eyes and I was beautiful in my eyes because I was just, like, I wore the uniform and I was with everyone else so I didn't felt like I stepped out, you know. Mm. And so, yeah, it felt great to be kind of this... Well it felt great to be the main attraction in general, but uh, yeah, it felt great to be appreciated and it felt great to be, it felt great that people looked at me and thought wow what a cute
0: girl Mm. that I think that's why we we were talking about this earlier before recording this podcast about the fact that sometimes you feel like everyone's watching you yeah and I know that when I'm in France I just feel like I stand out Mm. and when I'm in Scotland I just feel like I fit in and it's so comfortable because all Mm. of a sudden you don't feel people's gaze on you yeah because you just feel like you fit in so your body's not Something different from Mm. the other people's bodies, and it's just so amazing. Like
1: just a piece of a puzzle that fits right in. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Yeah. You feel like you you have the right body in the right place. Yeah. And it's so important. And I think we tend to we tend to forget how important it feels to just Mm. be feel comfortable. How important it is (laughs) to just feel comfortable in your body. (laughs) Yeah. Depending on people's gaze on you, and Mm. and I think. No, that's another topic we should not go <laughs> on that conversation i'm not going to stop <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, and i think that's why um i really enjoyed my experience in japan because it was not a touristic experience i mean i did visit a lot of tokyo and its surroundings but i remained this kind of um i lived like an average japanese person i think that's what really made it enjoyable because i did not stand out and it was not a touristic Mm. trip and um did you live in the horse family yeah i did so with my exchange sister and mm. my host sister with her mother and grandmother um her father it was really complicated and i think it's the a national problem and i think it's a problem for a lot of japanese people but he lived in a different apartment because um he worked a lot and he did not have time to come home at night even though he worked in tokyo Mm. he did not have time so i only saw him twice because he had his own apartment for his work so yeah i did not see him a lot so it was Mm. just us girls (laughs) but yeah it was really and she, there was her sister too my host sister had a sister but we were yeah it was really nice to be in a normal family to be really immersed in what is a family there mm. and um one funny thing that happened there is that you know in France and many countries you have like even here I suppose you have like a Three or four sets of knives and you know, cutlery in (laughs) place. I didn't always understand what they (laughs) were there for, but that's all right. Whereas in Japan, you have one plate per person, one bowl per person, one chopstick, you know, one pair of chopsticks, yeah, yeah. per person. So they had to buy a bowl for me and a pair of chopsticks for me because they had not, they didn't have another one. So wow. it's really, like, everything... And I think it's it's, it's especially in Tokyo, because everything is so small. Everything is minimized, and everything is a, in a way that it has to fit in, like, a really small place. Like, everything is, yeah, so organized, and so... Everything has its own place, and so there was... Maybe there wasn't even space for one bowl in one pair of chopsticks mm. so you know wow. and I kept it with me so I still really? yeah so you brought it
0: with you in France yeah
1: they they let me keep it so I have my little Japanese bowl and my pair Aww. of chopsticks and I bought my I bought my host sister a Breton bowl you know
0: oh yes so the ones for those who don't know in <laughs> Brittany we have this thing where we have Balls which yeah. are white and blue, yeah. And we basically have our name written on it. So yeah. when you're in a very big family, you have like 16 balls <laughs> for every single person in the family. But it's a tradition, and we yeah. all have one when you're from a yeah. Breton family. So
1: everyone has one, yeah. We <laughs> and do. so, have bought her one with her name written on it? So, did she... you
0: find one with her name?
1: No, I made it specially with the oh. name because she's named K, like K E uh,
0: I. Uh, that's hard to find in france yeah (laughs) so i made
1: one like especially for her and she was very happy and i was like oh well now we both have a Breton ball (laughs) would you feel like going back there someday oh i i i tried multiple times and i wish i could go like if tomorrow someone brought me a ticket i would go there like no question asked it's very expensive it is very very expensive and uh Yeah, um, well, when when I wanted to come back, COVID happened. Yeah, uh,
0: we all know that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I did not have the opportunity to go back. And now I'm just, I wanted to go back, um, well, this summer, but it's too complicated. And I just hope that when I'm like a working adult, I will get to go back because I really, really would like to go back. Are you still
0: in contact with your host sister?
1: and uh, no not at all like mm. i'm in contact with other persons but not my host sister because she did not have um she had instagram but not she didn't she didn't use it and then she deleted her instagram so i had no way of contacting her so um, recently i i i i regained contact with her because she recreated an instagram account so you know But no, we didn't keep uh, contact. And um, well, sometimes I feel really bad for her because she never get to go to France. Because of COVID? Because of COVID. So when we, I mean, we left in October and we went back in November and then she was was supposed to come in April and uh, COVID happened in uh, March, I think
0: yes 16th of march yeah and so
1: at first there was this question of maybe the 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 japanese people are gonna come but later after covid because we thought it would not last as much as we did as it did Mm. and then she never got the opportunity to and i'm really sad for her because you know she really wanted to come to france and uh, she never got to Whereas mm. I'm the lucky one who got to go to Japan. Yes. And I'm very thankful for going oh, there. Like can the Yeah. And sometimes I feel really bad for her.
0: Well, we are reaching the end of our episode. So now I would like to ask you the signature question.
1: The famous question. The famous
0: question, which I nearly <laughs> forgot to ask. <laughs> which is a very
1: important question. What does home mean to you and where is it? Um, I think I'm going to say something that is really no, um. It's going to be very different from what I talked earlier. But I think, for me, as a very anxious person, um, you know, someone with a lot of anxiety, home is literally and physically my bed, like nowhere else. Like it's where. It's where, when I feel anxious, I get to relax. It's when, after a very long trip, I get to sleep. It's, you know, it's my little safe space. And I think home is where my bed is. (laughs) And um, it it is also, like, in a very different manner. Home is where my siblings are, you know. Um, Like I said, they are very important to me um I'm very I'm I'm a very family person they mean a lot like a lot to me um they they may not think so because I'm not really expressive in my feelings but they do matter a lot to me and um home is that feeling when we are all together in the house during summer um taking a a Aperitif. Uh, uh, I yeah,
0: they don't have that in english so. aperitif, which <laughs> is a f- basically a french thing where you start drinking and eating yeah little appetizers appetizers before mean. eating it's a very french thing yeah Latin thing because i think they have the same thing in mm. spain and italy yeah but well aperitif for those <laughs> who don't know <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so yeah that's that feeling in the summer when it's cooler in the evening and we take our drinks and we just talk all of us and just yeah there's all of us and we spend the day in the garden and talking just playing together and I think that's when I feel the most at home when they're all Mm. around me and I feel I feel so completed (laughs) I'm going to cry
0: (laughs) it's not supposed to make you cry are
1: you okay just love my family apparently <laughs> that's beautiful that's so cute so if you don't see i have actually tears you to don't isn't... see but i'm have... oh, sorry sorry yeah <laughs> so yeah home oh, is that home is that feeling when they're all, all together. together with me oh. after a good day and we're all together <laughs> that's so touching i'm getting emotional <laughs> <laughs> Oh well I'm gonna need a tissue after that <laughs> okay I'm gonna give you a tissue
0: <laughs> I just have one question yeah. before ending this episode um I think apart from your family I think that's so yeah. interesting what you said about your bed and I was yeah. wondering isn't it daunting the idea of leaving
1: yes it because is. you can't take your bed with you yes and it is um even today where for example I go to sleep at my friend's house after, you know, a party stuff like that um, I always feel very anxious about not going to my bed you know, not coming home to my bed and um, it, it adds to the anxiety I already feel to not, you know, to not be in my safe space and uh, for a really long time I refuse to go out late at night because it meant not going home to my bed and now i try to you know overcome that anxiety and i try to be okay with the fact that uh, i'm not going to be in my bed tonight and i just have to even when i uh, i go to my siblings place i feel anxious as well and like it's just for one night it's just for five nights and i just have to you know Bear with it and um now it's better but it used to be like it used to make me like physically sick. Like mm. I used to like be nauseous and then threw up through threw up because I was too anxious to not be in my mm. safe space in my bed in my home. And um I'm learning to I'm learning to be okay with the fact that sometimes I may not go back home, even on a very short notice. Uh, For example, the other day, I went to party one night and I was supposed to go home, um, but there wasn't any bus. So I had to go back to a friend's place to Emily, who actually made a podcast here. First episode, for those (laughs) who haven't listened to it. (laughs) So I went back to her place and I had nothing on me. And that was kind of a stressful experience, but I think a very learning experience because I got to overcome that very real anxiety that Mm -hmm. was kind of throughout the whole night the whole kind of party we were I was very anxious and thinking about it and when it got better with the time and I got to sleep and I slept well and so it really helped to get out of my safe safe place I have Mm. to get out you know at one point I will have to
0: isn't it scary knowing that next year you won't have your bed at all for the whole year?
1: It will, but in a way I think my brain my brain thinks that it's going to be another bed, another yeah. safe safe space, you know. Mm. Because every night I'll be going back home to that bed and I will have my sheets and my little how do you call it? Um, plushy I was gonna say oh, no. <laughs> I have a Totoro you know like the movie plushy
0: for those who don't know
1: mm. yeah uh, that was a gift from my younger brother and sister um, the two youngest and uh, so I never leave any place without it mm. and uh, that helps but I think no the next year is gonna be okay because um, my bed uh, more than being a physical place is it is a physical place but it can be anywhere where it's the routine of going back going to work and coming back home and i think that next year my future bed if i go will be the same like going to work and then going back home and that will be my safe space so yeah. home is in the routine
0: yeah in the habits
1: yeah oh, i like
0: that <laughs> actually i think i i quite agree with you on that i think that's interesting <laughs> well thank you very much for this whole conversation for those who thank don't know you. this is the second ending we're recording because i forgot to ask the question mark, the signature question <laughs> so i was saying in the first ending this was a very interesting conversation thank you i loved it, it and was. we may have to record a second part Ooh. because there still are many questions that i haven't had i haven't asked Teaser? i didn't ask
1: maybe <laughs> maybe
0: if i don't get enough people to interview <laughs> thank you very much for everything and thank Thank you 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 beautiful people for listening to that episode and see you in another one yeah bye